Funko Pop. Keep my wife's name out your Funko Pop. I'm going to, okay? I get sleepy when I watch film and TV. Heavy This is Heavy Eyes, a show about the films and sometimes TV I fall asleep on. I'm host, author, slash screenwriter, something, something, pennies worth, or rather, and surprisingly, we are back for another week. If you listened to previous episodes, you know I started my four-part miniseries about the Fast and Furious franchise, or Fast Saga if you're in the family. I gave a masterful scene-by-scene breakdown on how I would end the Fast Saga with his two final films, Ten Fast, Ten Furious, and Dom, the 11th and final chapter of the Fast Saga. Those films also set up possible spin-offs with Roman, Tej, and Ramsey being a part of the Men in Black, and Dom's son Brian Toretto wanting to go to wizard school. Also, Mr. Nobody mentioning that there could be monsters lurking out there, so who knows, maybe Jacob Toretto becomes a monster hunter. Last week, I alongside Leo Archibald broke down our rankings of the MCU projects from the year 2021. This week, we will be discussing and ranking the upcoming 2022 MCU projects that we are excited for. As you know, schedules for movies and shows change all the time, so we'll do our best to be accurate for what we expect to be released. This list will be a mix of the probable MCU TV shows and movies that are projected to be released in 2022. My list has a total of nine projects and I'll start with my number nine. Number nine. I have Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. I look forward to every MCU project. This is only at the bottom because it's a one-off Christmas special and we've obviously seen the Guardians before. James Gunn has said that this is one of the most fun he's had on a Guardians project. It's set to introduce some new characters to the MCU. A lot of people are guessing Santa Claus and a popular fan cast is Mark Hamill, who it would be cool to see in the MCU. Number eight. At number eight, I have another holiday special, the Untitled Halloween special, also maybe known as Werewolf by Night. This is a 8 for similar reasons as the last one, but I'm slightly more interested for its new character introduction, the mystery of it, and the potential horror aspects. I for sure think we'll start to learn more about it after the release of Moon Knight. We do have some cast members announced, but that's about it. Number 7 At number 7, I have Miss Marvel. At a point, this was one of the ones I was least excited by, just due to things I was hearing, but... Seeing the trailer actually made me a little more excited. The one thing I didn't like, obviously, was the change of her powers, but I trust Marvel to make it make sense for the story and give fans what they want. Number six. Six is She-Hulk. I'm just curious at what this show is going to be like. It looks and sounds to be very different from the other MCU shows. There was a recent rumor that this show was having a hard time being put together and there's possible creative differences and could potentially be the first bad show. I don't think that's going to happen, but I definitely don't like hearing that. 
Number five. For number five, I'm going with Thor Love and Thunder. At the time of recording this, there still isn't any trailers, no posters, no nothing. For a movie that's not that far away, we have very little information on it besides Christian Bell's the villain, the Guardians are in it, and Jane Foster becomes the Mighty Thor. I also believe it's approaching a record for the MCU of closest trailer release to film release ratio or something like that. And I'm assuming Doctor Strange may have great implications or maybe they're just holding the trailer. Number four. At number four, I chose Secret Invasion. So far, we just got some casting and some set photos, but I'm looking forward to seeing what this exactly is and if it leads into an Avengers Secret Wars movie. In Captain Marvel, we've seen scrolls and maybe one or two other appearances or mentions, but other than that, their story hasn't been prominent, especially with the multiversal and cosmic direction this phase has taken, so it's going to be interesting seeing them come back into fold. Number Marvel lists are hard for me in general, but it's always more difficult once we start to get to the top. At number three, I went with Black Panther Wakanda Forever. At a time, because of the death of Chadwick Boseman, the uncertainty of the direction of the franchise, and rumors of Letitia Wright's onset behavior, I wasn't nowhere near as excited. Recently started to hear better things about this movie and seeing them go against Namor could be pretty cool. I hope for a secret Michael B return as a Killmonger variant or even taking a role as a T'Challa variant as was rumored for Doctor Strange 2 because I think he would be the best option as Black Panther in the movies going forward. Plus I need something to occupy his time to keep him from playing Black Superman like he's been thinking about. Ryan Coogler is a great director, so I'm sure he's figuring out how to pull this anticipated sequel off. Number two. Number two for most people is Boo Boo. But number two for me is Moon Knight, which comes out in a couple days as of the release of this. The show looks different, darker, and exciting, and I'm overall looking forward to it. Early reviews are good and Oscar Isaac looked like he's pulling this role off well. Hearing how Daredevil and Ghost Rider, Blade, Black Knight and more could be incorporated setting up the Midnight Suns will be pretty cool. Number one. Most people's number one is PP. But when compiling a list like this, most people's number one is also probably Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. It's time. Seeing WandaVision, seeing Spider-Man No Way Home, hearing casting rumors, hearing full story rumors and various details and theories has the anticipation for this movie at an all-time high. It looks like one of the more crazy MCU movies and looks like madness visually as well. We have the premise, so it's just exciting to see how this all plays out and what it's going to affect going forward in the MCU. Also finding out who the real members of the Illuminati are is going to be cool because there's been plenty of guesses and leaks in quotation marks. That was my list and right now I'm going to kick it over to Leo Archibald and see what his list is. Now to 2022. My full excitement rankings. I got 10 entries here and let me just full disclosure. If you follow the MCU when it comes to their shows, the schedule changes like crazy. It's pretty much just like, all right, we're done with it. Now we can start marketing it and when we want to get it out. 
So the shows that I have on this list, some are confirmed for this year. Some are just, you know, I'm not sure that they're actually going to drop. But I just did my little research, and these are the shows that I feel are actually going to come out this year on top of the movies that are in line to come out this year. So starting at number 10, we have a special, and it's the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. It's at number 10 because I love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I love the team. Two of my favorite characters in the MCU are in Guardians of the Galaxy, i.e. Groot and Rocket. So anything they do, I'm down with. But I'm not the biggest fan of holiday specials, nor am I the biggest fan of holiday movies. Like I, don't, I watch them, seen plenty of them, like a lot of them, but they're just not my thing. Especially specials, because specials just mean like a, a money grab to me. So this just seems like it's going to be an entertaining money grab. It's going to be an entertaining way to just say, hey, I know you haven't seen our team in years. Here's something. And James Gunn, James Gunn is still writing it and directing it. So his mind is always entertaining to see play out. So I'm going to be there for it. But it's got to come in at number 10 on my list. Uh, coming in at number nine is another special and it's Werewolf by Night. I would not care anything about this special because apparently it's a Halloween special. Um, I wouldn't care about it if it wasn't Marvel. But now that it is, but since it is Marvel, it would it would probably be number 10 on this list if they didn't reveal that we'll most likely get our first physical appearance of MCU's Blade. Mahershala Ali, phenomenal actor, pinpoint casting, I think it was. Like, I kudos for them to be able to get him thought it was kind of similar to how uh chadwick boseman as black panther r.i.p seeing him get cast i've had those same feelings and we can all see what he did with that role so i can't wait to see what mahershala does with blade um but i can't i'm also interested in seeing how the mcu plans on incorporating vampires into their world so if this is the first time that we get some intel on that i'm intrigued so sign that up for number nine uh, number eight is She-Hulk. I like the character Hawk, but I'm, I have become so comfortable with him being a side character in the MCU now that it's just not funny. Like we, we got, we got the, we got the Hawk movie. Then Mark Ruffalo came and he's been, you know, he'd been a scene stiller in some of the movies that he's been in. Cool. But I think they have found the perfect lane for him. So when I start hearing things about, solo hawk movies or you know solo hawk shows or she hawk shows i'm just i'm there for it obviously i'm sure to be good i'm sure to be entertaining but if you're asking me am i excited about it that's where i say it comes in at number eight uh number seven another tv show miss marvel man i heard things that the actress playing camilla khan or how you pronounce her name I'm just literally the worst at pronouncing names too, so forgive me. But I heard she can't act. They, she was struggling to act on the show. I played with this character on that Avengers game that came out recently. And I'm just not feeling it. But I feel like she does have the potential to be, you know, that, that give off that Peter Parker vibes, you know, like, Tom Holland's Peter Parker, he's like very young, got that young mindset, very energetic. Like he just gives off fun and young. I don't know, that sounds kind of weird. So just, I didn't mean nothing by that, but he just, I, I'm just hoping she gives off Peter Parker vibes when we see her go through her maturation as this hero. I'm looking forward to, not looking forward, I'm interested in seeing how her 
powers her skill set plays out on screen and what they decide to use and what they don't decide to use you know i'm interested in, i'm interested in seeing all that you know uh am i eagerly anticipating it only because it's marvel but character wise and what i've seen and actors and actresses like it's just gonna be one of those things that i might love but i gotta i gotta see it first you know um, but all right, now we are coming up to number six, and we have yet again another show, and it is going to be What If Season 2. Uh, I don't believe that this is going to come out this year, but I just read something else where somebody who's working on the show confirms of a 2022 release date. You know, obviously that doesn't really mean nothing until we get the official announcement, and then that don't even mean anything until we actually see it come out on the date and within the year that they said. But... I'm going to just pretend that it does come out this year. And like I mentioned with What If Season 1, it was a surprise. Really enjoyed it. I mean, the first season could have took away that Thor episode. But besides that, I enjoyed it. So now that they got, we got the Season 1, now that we got more characters that they can pull from, I'm interested in seeing what they do. Because now it now it just shows me, or now I have more, more faith that we're going to or more faith that they really specifically chose these stories for a reason and that's because we might see something with them down the line or they might play into something down the line so i love i love to stay in the moment but with the mcu i just love that the fact that we can also constantly anticipate something so if you give me something good at the same time while being able to anticipate the next thing or the next thing after that I'm down, and I feel like that's what What If Season 2 is going to give us. And they might introduce a new, like, animation style. You don't know. So I'm interested in seeing that, too, because I thought what they did with the first one was dope. Uh, and at number five, we have another TV show, and that is Secret Invasion. Samuel L. Jackson, Amelia Clark, Olivia Coleman, uh, what's his name? Old boy who played that one scroll in that one movie. We got all them. And here we should be able to find out when Nick Fury actually uh, swapped places with the scroll. Uh, why? Uh, we probably should learn more about who else the scrolls, the role that they play. Like once you open up, once you open up a race that can mimic the looks of who they see, and you're doing this in the MCU where we're also getting different multiverses, like you're opening up a whole nother playground. So I just cannot wait to see what they do with it. And if it lives up to these big, crazy expectations that I'm building up in my head, I'm just, I just, again, they're opening up another interesting door that I just want to walk through and just, just browse and see what they do. And hopefully when I walk in, they got a lot of cool options for me to choose from. Like that's what I feel like secret invasion is on top of the great cast. So it is number six, nope, five on my list. We're coming to the number four is our first movie. And that is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. If T'Challa, or T'Challa, Chadwick, whatever you want to refer to him as right here, if he was still alive and kicking, this would be higher. But having no T'Challa, no replacement for Black Panther like that we know of, them saying, hey, we're not going to recast him. I get it. It makes sense. But it's just going to lower the excitement for me. So now I'm going into this Black Panther movie with no Black Panther. And the Black Panther options that we could guess are the easiest choices would be Shuri and M'Baku. 
I don't really want to see them to be Black Panther going forward. Like they could they could put the suit on for the movie, but in a one-off. Like if y'all tried to come to me and say like, yo, we figured out a way to bring Michael B back as Killmonger, but he's gonna be our new Black Panther. I'm sold 100%. This would probably be number one. But just what I'm getting, like you're trying to sell me on just Wakanda going against most likely Neymar and Atlantis or Atlantis, whatever that body of water is. Like I'm, I'm interested in seeing what Ryan Cooter's gonna do because he's an amazing director. He should have never been profiled like that at that bank, but that's a whole nother different story. Respect that man and his greatness. Like I directed Black Panther, and y'all gonna handcuff me in the? I'm not even gonna get into it. But you know, just seeing him as a filmmaker, just throw out another one. Um, the cast of the people who's coming back, all great. Again, seeing a character potential like Neymar being introduced to the world. I'm sold, but you're asking me to be like, you're asking me to be excited and anticipating it compared to what I've got, what other options I got. It's got to fall four. It's got to fall four. Four is pretty high. But coming in at number three is our last show on the list, and that's going to be Moon Knight. I can tell you honestly, I was not familiar with the character at all before it was announced. But just seeing it announced, seeing Oscar Isaac coming in and not running from the comic book movies after Apocalypse. Like, he's got some making up to do. So hopefully he's going to make it up in this movie with the MCU and not Fox. I mean, technically Disney Fox is all saying that. But, you know, you know what I'm saying. He, gonna, he, he seems like he's going to get into his bag in this one. They're dealing with mental health. They're dealing with more violence than the MCU is accustomed to. And we're just going all this based off of what we've seen, trailers and stills and... Uh, information that came out about the show I'm down so this might make me a fan of the character more way more than I was before so I am definitely looking forward to seeing how this plays out so Moon Knight coming up soon hopefully it's got that it hopefully it lives up to the potential that it's setting for itself uh, but coming in at number two back to the movies we got Thor Love and Thunder you could have said Yo, we're making another Thor movie after Ragnarok. Taka Waititi's coming back. Chris Hemsworth coming back. I'm so like, what, what, what new feeling that Taka Waititi brought into the MCU with the way that he did Thor, especially coming off Thor, Thor Dark World, um, just in that in that sector of the franchise, like most improved movie player, whatever award. But then it also went into MVP consideration because it's one of the best MCU movies. So the fact that you take that jump, you take that level of constant humor, visuals, weirdness, uh, action, just all out storyline and like story directions that you decide to go and just color and flair. You bring all that to Ragnarok. What you think I'm going to expect with Love and Thunder? But then you say Natalie Portman's coming back? After, you know, her so-so exit from the uh, MCU before you know she was one of my favorite actresses not too long ago she's kind of taking a step back just because you know what she's been doing out there and uh, some other great actresses has been coming along right after her but she you know st I'm still a fan then you got Christian Bell man you know what he does when he starts getting serious about roles you know that de that dedication he takes so I can't wait to see what he does with this what looks like a very uh CGI role uh what else, man? They just, you know, you got it. You bring Tessa Thompson back. I'm already so like, just you seeing where we saw Thor at last 
And then we're also going to get him get some more interaction with the Guardians in this movie. Man, I'm sold. This movie would have been an easy number one. But it so happens to come out the same year that we get our number one entry. And that is Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. That title alone, Multiverse of Madness? Like, you can't just throw madness in a title and just expect for it's just going to be just normal. Like, no, when we saw that title, we should have been losing our minds because this is the MCU. We got to have faith in them. So if they put the word madness, we should expect madness. And then we get, they get Sam Remy to jump on board, like Spider-Man 1, 2, 3, Evil Dead, Drag Me to Hell, which I feel like is one of his uh, sleepers in his in his filmography. Like you get a guy with that background, uh, what he's done in the comic book game, but in the horror game, and you're telling me Doctor Strange, and you're already teasing that this is going to be a horror movie, and you're saying madness. Like what? Should we not be excited? And then we start getting intel in the story, and then we see what happens in No Way Home, and then we see the trailer after No Way Home? Am I not supposed to be excited? And then we get all the trailers after that. We get all the news and all the leaks that I've been intentionally going on Reddit and looking for. We're seeing all this? And we're not to be excited? Are you insane? This movie is going to be, no pun intended, pure madness. And I can't wait. Like, I feel like I've already, I already know what the movie's going to be about. I feel like I've already seen it. But when I go see it, and I actually go see it, see it, I feel like I'm going to double my love for it because I feel like I love the movie already. But wait till I see the movie. You're not going to be able to tell me nothing. I won't say this movie is whack, even if it is whack. You won't hear me say it. That is my true Marvel bias because they have made the anticipation process almost as enjoyable as watching the movie. Like, it's twofold with them. I don't just... I'm not just done with, I'm done, it's not just the movie comes out, I watch it, I'm done with it. No, I watched the movie, but before that, I'm really already into the movie before I even seen it for months. And then afterwards, after it goes off, like I go see it again. And then I start still thinking about it because I'm like, yo, how is this gonna play going forward? Like, come on now, stop playing with Marvel, man. Stop playing with the MCU, DC. Don't get me started on DC. These guys had the nerve to drop a big DC trailer that had scenes from Black Adam, scenes from The Flash, scenes from the Batman, and the Batman ain't even in that universe that those other two are in. But it's telling me, yo, this is about to be a big year in DC for movies at the movies, only at the movies. And then we get knowledge that, yo, we pushed all our movies back. So now The Flash isn't coming out this year. So now, oh yeah, it was Aquaman. So now Aquaman's not coming out this year. The only movies that we're getting is Batman, Black Adam, and that little Pets movie, I think. I'm just I'm just fuming right now, so I might have some of my information wrong, but stop playing with Marvel, DC. Stop playing with Marvel, Sony. Come on now, stop playing with Marvel fans. Stop playing with Marvel haters. Stop playing with Marvel directors who always got something to say because they got that old mindset. Man, you see somebody like... Uh, some old director, insert old director here, and then you see somebody like Matt Reeves. This old director would just bash 
the MCU. But then Matt Reeves says the same, kind of says something similar, like, but he says it in a more respectful way, like, yo, kudos to them. Kevin Feige's the GOAT, the genius, the architect. But then he gives his understandable reason why he might want, not want to do one of those movies, and it's understandable. But stop, he wasn't hating. Stop playing with Marvel, man. The MCU, man. I'm excited. I can't wait. Let's go. Moon Knight up next. Then Doctor Strange. Hopefully, hopefully I have more, more feelings, more excited, more happy feelings once all this is done and once we can do the same thing next year where we're reflecting on 2022, but then talking to you about 20, 2023. Can't wait. When it comes to Marvel, I just live by the moniker. Can't wait. That was Leo Archibald with his 2022 MCU excitement rankings list. But as you can see, our lists are similar, but there really isn't a wrong answer when all the MCU programming looks good. Now, if we did this with the DCEU, the highest ranking would start in the negatives. I'd give Flash like a negative one, and it's only that high because Kiersey Clemens is in it. Even the Sony Universe of Spider-Man characters would get a proper ranking. Not that I'm excited for any of those besides Craven. I mean, that has Aaron Taylor Johnson in it, has a recent Oscar winner in it. Anyways, that's been Heavy Eyes. I'll be back next week with something.